1: This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Thursday, February 2nd in Hong Kong, Wednesday, February 1st in New York. And coming up this hour...
2: Chair Jay Powell says the Fed has made progress in fighting inflation, but he is warning more rate hikes are still needed. Meta reports better than expected sales as Facebook gains more users. And Adani Enterprises will not go ahead with its record $2.4 billion share sale. McCarthy says he feels he and the president
3: can find common ground on the debt ceiling. Former U Defense Secretary says plan for a real possibility of conflict with China. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. Manchester United moves one step closer to its first trophy since 2017. I'm Dan Schwartzman. I'll have that story and more coming up in Bloomberg Sports. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg
2: Business app. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner.
1: And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. The Fed slowed its drive to rein in inflation, policymakers lifting the Fed's target for the benchmark rate by 25 basis points to a range of four and a half to four and three quarters percent. The smaller move followed a half point increase back in December and four jumbo-sized 75 basis point hikes prior to that. The Fed noted that inflation has eased somewhat but remains elevated. After the decision, Chair Jay Powell was asked whether he was worried about the recent market rally creating easier financial conditions that could hamper his fight against inflation. He chose not to push back
2: hard. It is important that fin- overall financial conditions continue to reflect the policy restraint that we're putting in place in order to bring inflation down to 2%. And of course, financial conditions have tightened very significantly over the past year. Uh, I would say that our focus is not on short-term moves, but on sustained changes to broader financial conditions. And it is our judgment that we're not yet at a sufficiently restrictive policy stance, which is why we say that we expect ongoing hikes will be appropriate.
1: Powell added that it's gratifying to see the disinflationary process now getting underway. But he said that officials would need substantially more evidence that inflation was on a sustained downward path before they could declare victory.
2: Very interesting that he chose to use the word disinflation a number of times today. And I think, Brian, to be fair, if you take a broader view, you'll see that financial conditions are notably tighter than they were about a year ago. Now, the chairman may have intended to emphasize the need to do a lot more when it comes to taming and but as we indicated earlier, markets today simply weren't buying it. Here is BlackRock's Jeff Rosenberg.
1: There's a real disconnect between you know what he said, what the statement said, maybe what he wanted to say and what the markets heard. But what the markets heard was this issue of the the conflict between financial conditions easing and whether or not that would impact the Fed's policy making. He dismissed it.
2: So let's be polite then. I think it's fair to say that markets are doubting the Fed's projections. Fed funds now see the Fed only getting to five percent insofar as a terminal rate, and then and then here's the interesting thing: cutting by fifty basis points between uh, now and the end of the year. On the other hand, the Fed thinks it can get to a rate of around five and a quarter percent, and then hold it there through the remainder of 2023.
1: To some corporate news, Meta Platforms reporting better than expected sales during the holiday
2: quarter. We get that story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Meta saw strong demand for advertising as it attracted more users to its Facebook social network. It said revenue for the fourth quarter was $32.2 billion. That compared with Wall Street estimates of $31.6 billion. CEO Mark Zuckerberg said Meta is making progress with its investments in artificial intelligence, particularly for improving the videos it shows users on Facebook and Instagram. The company is recovering from the worst year for its stock. In history in new york charlie pellet bloomberg daybreak asia all right charlie so it's all about earnings we get that today morgan stanley chief u.s equity strategist mike wilson was saying investors could see several more quarters of disappointing results and he told us the first quarter is where we could see an acceleration earnings are disappointing everywhere okay this is one of the worst streaks and earnings we've seen in quite a while and people are now saying, oh, it's better than feared and this, that, and the other. That's like saying a tornado ripped through your house and saying, oh, well, it only knocked out the bedroom. I mean, the earnings are bad. And you need to be honest about that. And you need to say, do I really want to own a company where the margins are degrading like this? And I don't really know where the bottom is yet. I'm just going to trust that it's going to get better. That's, a, that's not a great investment philosophy in our view, particularly given where valuations are now. All right. So what do earnings mean for the overall market? Well, think back. S&P 500 was up more than 6% in the month of January, and Wilson is essentially saying that people were lured into believing reality is different than what it is. He also compared last month's move to the beginning of 2001, when the market also saw a re-rating of tech stocks.
1: You know, Doug, I think that the Fed chief was not really dovish uh, today in so much as I think he was less hawkish than what people had feared. And he did actually talk about a soft landing. He hasn't really talked that much about it. He's only talked about conquering inflation. And yes, he did not scold markets because financial conditions have eased a little bit. And actually uh, what you said is true. He did say that that financial conditions were tougher now than they were a year ago. He even said they're not much much easier than at the time of the last Fed meeting. Now, the consensus is, wow, stocks have been running higher, but the S&P 500 right now is almost where it was two months ago in December, around mm. 4,100. So yes, we had a big fall in December, and then we had a big rise in January, but net-net, we're almost at the same level.
2: And I think the other point of contention between what the Fed is saying and what the market is indicating is that rate cuts are on the table between, let's say, before the end of the year. Powell seemed to push back against that notion. Pretty aggressively today although if the economy were to somehow collapse or kind of move into a recession that was so deep maybe the fed wouldn't have a choice but to do that
1: yeah he said they're data dependent and i think everybody believes it now Um, we've got a lot more ahead we'll be talking about this with chris constantinos coming up from riverfront investment and a little bit more time to flesh out exactly where the fed's head is at the moment time for global news U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he feels his first budget meeting with President Joe Biden was very positive. Ed Baxter has global news in the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed?
3: Yeah, exactly right, Brian. McCarthy says he and the president found areas of agreement as well as disagreement in their first meeting today regarding the debt ceiling and the budget.
1: I can see where we can find common ground. I think the American public would appreciate that. And we look, I've been very I've been very clear. The current path we're on, we cannot sustain. We got to change the directory to put ourselves on a path to balance. How we get there will be our
0: discussions.
3: Now, White House spokeswoman Corinne Jean-Pierre says a position on raising the debt ceiling is very clear.
0: We see this as a constitutional obligation that they, that they have, uh, that Congress has to act.
3: Yeah, so at least they've had their first Discussion: U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Linda Thomas-Greenfield is calling for an overhaul of the Security Council in the U.N. to blunt Moscow's impact. Exclusively here on Bloomberg, Greenfield said the body has been able to move power outside the council to accomplish a number of things.
4: One, an overwhelming vote uh, condemning their annexations or attempted annexations uh, in Ukraine. We kicked them off of uh, the uh, U.N. Human Rights Commission uh, Commission, and we're continuing to put pressure on them and isolate them in New York.
3: Meanwhile, the U.S. says it will supply Ukraine with longer-range artillery ammunition as part of a new $2 billion package of military assistance. And Greenfield also commented briefly on China and human rights, saying that it is exerting inordinate pressure on human rights discussions among nations. Former U.S. Defense Secretary Mark Esper says the U.S., along with Taiwan, need to prepare for the real possibility of war with China. Esper on Bloomberg's balance of power says Taiwan has already Started working on ground defenses. We want to avoid a fight with China for all kinds of reasons—military, uh, economic, political, and so on. But if it comes to that,
1: then we, we need to have uh, folks on the ground. The Taiwanese need to stockpile their goods because the West will not be able to resupply them like we, we like we've been able to with uh, with Ukraine.
3: Esper says China has been watching what is going on in Ukraine very carefully. And the football goat, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, has retired again. He says for now, for good. So, monetarily, he doesn't need any pity parties, if you're thinking about planning when Bloomberg Scarlett Foo says $375 million with Fox.
0: Over 10 years, and they've been waiting for him because it was signed after his first retirement and, you know, it's for whenever he decides to stop playing. But what's interesting about that deal is it's more money than he's made playing football. Wow. So, he's going to be the highest paid sports broadcaster, maybe the highest paid broadcaster, period.
3: Uh, Scarlett says uh, Scarlett says that they will be in constant focus on Fox all the way through the season so next year. So we won't get tired of them, right? In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. This is Bloomberg.
0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
1: This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salamat. And our guest is Chris Constantinos, chief investment strategist at Riverfront Investment Group. So, Chris, the Fed chief talked about disinflation in goods, that it's It's real. He talked about uh, seeing disinflation likely to be coming in housing services, but none yet in core services ex-housing. And what he's talking about there is basically wages. Um, uh, But it was good because he's talking about a soft landing. Uh, Your general impression from what you got today from the Fed and the chief.
4: Yeah, sure. And by the way, thanks guys for having me today um yeah i think my take on the fed today the general read was a little bit of a dovish surprise maybe um i think for two reasons and you mentioned earlier on the program quite rightfully um uh, the first one is you know his quote around our focus is not on short-term moves but on sustained changes to financial conditions uh, you know the markets ripped uh, started to rip not long after that because it sounded uh, to listeners, like Powell was kind of shrugging off the risks of, of that financial conditions tightening we've talked about. The second thing, maybe more important, was, you know, your, your exactly, uh, your reference to his use of the word disinflationary, and this disinflationary process. So, you know, you could view that as dovish, but I think there's also potentially a third read here, which is that, you know, the markets may have misunderstood him a little bit. Because we've seen this happen uh, to uh, Fed chairman's before. and We've seen it happen to Powell before, where you know he's tried to communicate a message and, and, and markets heard what they wanted to hear. And then usually over the next 48 hours, markets kind of sort back through um, the statements. And then of course, a bunch of other Fed governors come out and kind of get trotted out to help massage the message and the markets get their head around it. Um, one thing I'm pretty Good. sure of is that Powell doesn't want to be known as the Fed chair who allowed inflation to become ingrained. And so, I still think he's he's trying to walk that tightrope, and I think he's going to eventually err on the side of being, you know, maybe over tightening versus under.
3: Chris, Chris, I mean, it's also a, a situation where you know the markets just don't want to believe him in some ways, and you know, the thing is probably not—it's probably better to get your desired result by misleading them. I mean, uh, could you argue that the Fed is perhaps done raising rates and it wants to keep?
4: Uh, uh, it just wants people out there to believe otherwise. Hmm, that's an interesting theory. Um, it's certainly sort of a, a three-dimensional chess match, if you will. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think the modern Fed has tried to be as transparent as possible. I think back in the Greenspan days and earlier, there was you know three and four-dimensional chess going on with what they said and didn't say. But I think the modern Fed or this Fed is trying to be ch- as transparent as they can. Um, but you can only be so transparent in a, you know, a short presser, right? You, you, I, think, I think many you investors know, you only would communicate see – so
1: Many investors would see him as still hawkish because even though he talked about the disinflation in goods and that disinflation was coming in housing services, he said that's less than 50% of the total. The other
4: 50%, no
1: disinflation. And so that means that they will stay vigilant.
4: Mm-hmm. I agree. I think the, the bugaboo here is, is going to come down to wages, right? For most small and medium-sized businesses in America, that is their number one cost input. And um, you know, and this is the place where I think businesses have struggled because wages, particularly on the lower end, uh, you know demand for workers is so dramatic still in those areas that um, you know it's a big constraint for for businesses. So um, you know the the data I like to track, you know the NFIB um, has a propensity to to raise wages survey. That they've been putting on for decades now and that's data that here at riverfront we like to track you know that has moderated a little bit recently but it's still really really high relative to history and that suggests to me that wage you know wages are going to remain um you know pretty pretty sticky for the time being
3: so tell us chris are you at the moment trade the market um i think that you have something called patty and it's not a woman (laughs)
4: <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's uh, thanks for bringing that up. That's the uh, the acronym that I've been using to try to communicate that. W- I think we're in a new era. Um, if the old era was of stock investing was, you know, own as much as much growth stocks as you can stand and then buy more. You know, Tina, there is no alternative to growth stocks in a very, very low uh, nominal growth, low interest rate environment. I think the new era is Patty, which stands for pay attention to the yield. I think for the next foreseeable future and I think this could be with us for years to come. um, A little bit like the nineteen seventies I think that investors are going to get a fair amount of their total return in stocks and fixed income from the compounding of the yield and not so much from betting that you know uh, that valuation multiples are going to go higher. And so I think in this era, you want to focus on on business models that generate cash flow and tend to consistently return those to shareholders and bondholders
1: meta jumped almost 20 percent after hours Uh, part of that was the stronger sales part of it's the buyback which one is more important
4: um great question um you know my, my compliance department doesn't like me to talk about individual stocks but i will talk about the internet sector as a whole and i think my personal view on this is i think the market is laser focused on top line growth here um, because you know, financial engineering tends to get a lower multiple, but if you can generate higher revenue, which has been an issue okay. for many of these types of companies.